Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the third day of October 2022. Happy Monday to you. Crappy weekend, rainy, cold, but, you know, good enough for government work because it was a weekend, you know? I mean, what the hell? You can complain about it all you want, but it's a weekend. I'll take it over any weekday except for payday any day of the week, which, well, that just seems really stupid when you say it like that. Anyway... Happy Monday to you. We've got a lot going on. Action-packed program. As always, at the end of the program, you'll find out whether or not you won the autographed book, this time either by Billy Idol or by Megan Kelly. And then I'll tell you what uh, what fight is going to happen on the pages at uh, patreon.com slash Podcast or derekhunter.locals.com. Thanks to everybody out there who enjoyed the Curse program Good reviews on this, better reviews than normal on this one. I was angry in this one. Uh, if you are not a subscriber, there's something really fundamentally wrong with you. But if you want to just see what it's like, you can email me, DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com, D-E-R-E-K, and then A-L-L-A-N. My sister even screwed that up the other day. <laughs> DerekAllenHunter at gmail.com. Tell me you want to just uh, sample it. It's offensive language-wise. It's a lot of swearing, but I'll send it to you. I'll send you a low uh, bitrate version, which uh, uh, be in stereo, but the quality, you'll hear it. You probably won't even notice the difference unless you're an audiophile, but it's just I got to keep it under 20 megs to not send, to be able to send it as an attachment. I'll give you a free sample. Drug dealer model, man. First one's free. All right. Enough rambling. Good Lord. Let's get on with the show. Lots of stuff going on, a bunch of stuff to talk about, and I want to start off with the the links to which the left will go to protect their own. And you can draw your own conclusions about where this, you know, what Republicans do. Republicans circle the wagons for an execution. <laughs> Democrats circle the wagons and do anything to protect whatever it is and whoever it is and everybody they possibly can. All of you're on the same team; they'll protect you as long until you're convicted, or maybe arrested, depending on what you're arrested for. But in general, they will defend you to the end. They circle the wagons to keep the bad people out, whereas Republicans circle the wagons to put the person who's been accused of anything right in the center of it. And it's easier to shoot them that way. Tie them to a stake and just be able to shoot them that way. That's what you, that's how it works. You saw what? You saw a, uh, a year and a half investigation into Matt Gates, Congressman Matt Gates. He'd been sex trafficking minors. What? Yes, he's been sex trafficking minors. Don't you understand that? And a bunch of Republicans distanced themselves from him where has he been he used to be a staple all over cable television conservative cable television you barely see him why because he's accused of sex trafficking crimes there's investigated for it it went on and on and on and then we get word this week that there's not going to be any charges against him well did he commit because if he look if he did it get him Get him, get him out of there. Well, no, we don't want to do that. No, that's not how Democrats work. If he was guilty of it, it would he would become every Republican. He would become every Republican in the world, and that would be all they heard about it, nonstop. Republicans today have refused again to denounce Matt Gates. Well, they did it the first time. Oh, no, no, but we asked them again and again and again, and we'll ask them again tomorrow, and we'll see whether or not they... It's Todd. It would be Todd Aiken all over again. Every Republican had to answer for Todd Aiken. Mitt Romney had to answer for Todd Aiken. Every city he went to at every campaign event, reporter, do you denounce what Todd Aiken said? Yes. You just asked me that 20 minutes ago, the last town over. Yeah, I know, but I'm going to ask you again, and I'll ask you again the next time. No Republican is responsible for anything they do. Or, or no Democrat is responsible for anything they do. They don't get asked about it. There's not this big crush of, hey, uh, 
You see Joe Biden's latest senior moment? Did you see that? Where he's calling out for the dead woman? What's up with that? Maybe maybe Joe isn't all there. No. They've circled the wagons again. They have circled they're calling. There were some calls on the right for Matt Gates to resign and that the Justice Department with unlimited resources and stories about this person flipped and that person flipped and they're all flipping on there's no charges. No charges at all. Nothing? What the hell? But Joe Biden calls for a dead woman in a room a couple times. Hey, what happened to that dead lady? Where's, where's, uh, where's Representative Jack? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Oh, she's not here. And you get, uh, you get stuff like this from the uh, USA Today, the nation's hotel doormat. It is by somebody called Jill Lawrence. I'd be embarrassed. It's a real name. I looked it up. I'd be embarrassed to put my name on this, but, eh, you know, you got to do what you're ordered to do, I suppose, if you want to remain in good standing with the regime. The headline is, What Joe Biden's Memory Lapse About the Late Jackie Walarski Really Told Us. Real, what it really told Not that... You know, it told us that Joe Biden has seen it. Well, that's not what it really told us. It really told us something else. The subheadline is Joe Biden says, well, no, I'm not going to, because it's, that's irrelevant. Half this piece is irrelevant, actually. Half this piece is about Donald Trump. I kid you not. What's it tell us about Joe Biden? What tells us about Donald Trump? No, it tells us about the people who write it. She writes, I shuddered when I learned that President Joe Biden had called out to a crowd in search of a congresswoman who died nearly two months ago in an automobile accident. He's going to turn 80 in November, and let's face it, this seemed like a memory fail, a particularly embarrassing one, a memory fail. It just seemed like a memory fail. Oopsie, memory fail. Yet there's another way to look at this. Biden was trying to credit the late Indiana Republican Representative Jackie Walarski, a lawmaker who voted on January 6, 2001 to object to his presidential victories in Arizona and Pennsylvania, and who this March labeled his agenda, quote, radical and reckless, end quote, for her good work on nutrition and hunger. She's evil. Don't speak ill of the dead unless they're a Republican. Then you, you, if you have to use them, urinate all over their graves. Dig them up and do it on the coffin. Do it on the, open the coffin and go to town. Whatever it has to do, the Democrat agenda must be protected. She continues, it's unfortunate that he made the mistake. At the same time, it demonstrated a generosity and professionalism that was also present in Biden's Tuesday conversation with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a frequent and harsh Biden critic, as Hurricane Ian bore down on the state. Don't you love that? No, no, no. He's uh, Sure, it was maybe a senior moment, but it really demonstrates that Joe Biden is just full of caring. It took Joe Biden until the last minute to call Florida. Only after a round of questions, when everybody who was involved in disaster relief, except the president of the United States, had talked to officials down in Florida, and the press started saying, why haven't you called uh, DeSantis? That they said, oh, uh, we'll call, we called him, we called him. He doesn't get... This is what's amazing to me, is these people on the left demand credit demand glory, demand whatever for doing the right thing. For doing the right thing. You shouldn't You shouldn't seek praise for doing the right thing. You shouldn't really seek anything for doing it. You just do it because it's the right thing to do. But they want, oh, come on, man. Give me a foot massage. Give me a pat on the back. Do whatever you got to do. I did the right thing. Like, wow, that's that's kind of the job. That's kind of the job, dude. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to pat you on the back for doing hey did you see the way i didn't push that old lady down that flight of stairs yeah i did how about that you know that's not every day you see somebody not it is every day that you, you you shouldn't be pushing old ladies down this no 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 come on tell me go ahead tell me how awesome i am because it was right she was right there she's right in front of me i didn't have to push her really hard i could have just nudged her a little bit and it would have been curtains for her so how about some glory on to me no 
No, just the way you didn't run over all those school kids crossing the street. I'm not going to praise you for that. That's the right thing to do. But that you picked up the phone and in a five-minute conversation, if that, said, hey, uh, you're about to get hit by a massive hurricane. We've got all the resources you need, whatever you need, let us know. All right, good, you good? Yeah, all right. All right, bye. We talked. That's it. They act as though Joe Biden has just existed in a... Well, he does exist in a vacuum. It's just a vacuum is between his ears. But they act as though he exists in a a vacuum where Joe Biden is magnanimous riding a uh, white horse into town. Are you allowed to even use the white horse analogy anymore? I don't care. Rides a white horse into town and he's a hero. And he's wonderful and he's just the savior of everything and he's a... He's bringing things that are all good and pure and holy, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And then these evil Republicans come along and say mean things about him, except for the fact that Joe Biden has spent the last, what, six months calling pretty much every Republican a fascist or semi-fascist? They're the root of all evil. They're the cause of all ills. Except for those things. Joe Biden's magnanimity only goes so far, and that's not far at all. you got to really admire this. The ballsiness of this, these people to say these things and go, well, you know, Joe Biden was just trying to be nice. He even talked to Ron DeSantis, who Ron DeSantis has been opposed to his agenda. Oh, really? Because I seem to recall... The White House itself attacking Florida over the last two years. Remember that? They really need to close down their schools. They really need to impose a vaccine mandate. They shouldn't be doing that thing with uh, not requiring masks and everything. They're monsters. The people are going to get killed and it's going to be Ron DeSantis's fault. I remember all of these things. You do too. They happened. It wasn't, oh, gee, shucks. I just kind of wish Ron DeSantis would do these things, but... You know, he's such a meanie that we don't really we don't want to talk about him. He's so he's so sensitive. If we say something about him, he might say something about us. So then this lady writes, she goes on a whole bunch of uh, rambles about Donald Trump, about how Donald Trump said this and Donald Trump said that. And he's just mean. And there she even cites this. The contrast with former President Donald Trump is glaring. If he into it, into it, a duty to care, he conveyed that strategy by, for instance, throwing paper towels at the crowd of Puerto Ricans in 2017 after the island had been devastated by Hurricane Maria. Quote, that showed such a lack of empathy, Chef Jose Andres told the Washington Post a year later. By then, he and his world kitchen had served 3.6 million meals in Puerto Rico. So what? Right By then, the federal government had spent billions of dollars in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a pit, all right? I hate to break it to you, but Puerto Rico is just this side of The only reason it's not a third world country is it's associated with the United States, and we buy them out. They are, they, we bail them out. They are wildly corrupt. Their government is corrupt. doesn't matter who's in charge. Their government is corrupt. It's a corrupt system. It's a corrupt existence. So I'm supposed to sit around and go, oh, he threw paper towel. Yeah, he did. The crowd was cheering. They were having a good time. You know what? If your uh, life had just been turned upside down and you had a five-minute respite of playing toss with the paper towel with the President of the United States, that's probably all right, because otherwise, what are you doing? You're sitting around going, my God, my whole life has been destroyed. And you know that your local government isn't going to be there for you because they're incompetent and corrupt, no matter how much money the mainland throws at it. So because a guy served 3.6 million meals over the course of a year, 3.6 million, 365 days in a year, let's see, population of Puerto Rico, let's see, population of Puerto Rico, 3.194 3.194 million. So you got, over the course of a year, Chef Henri gave everybody one sandwich, about. It's nothing to sniff at, some more sandwiches than I gave them. But does that uh, imbue him with some sort of supreme morality? No, it doesn't. Some sort of insights? No. He just whined about Donald Trump, and he's famous, so they use him. And remember, 
this op-ed is about Joe Biden's brain fart. This op-ed is about Joe Biden being Haley Joe Osment from the Sixth Sense and seeing dead people. But more than half of it is about Donald Trump saying, well, Donald Trump said mean things. Donald Trump did this. Donald Trump did. Yeah. If you only quote mean things by Donald Trump, and you, I'll admit, you, there's a lot to pick from. But if you only pick mean things from Donald Trump quotes, and then you only pick nice things from Joe Biden, and you say, see, Donald Trump's mean, and Joe Biden's nice, uh, you're a hack. You're an idiot. You're a moron. It's embarrassing, and I'm embarrassed for you, Jill, the writer of this, Jill Lawrence. She concludes, when Wilarski died on uh, August 3rd, Biden offered condolences to her family and a tribute to her work. He noticed the White House, uh, he noted in a White House statement, which means he had nothing to do with it. It just was put out by staff. Blah, 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 I appreciate her partnership. So yes, Biden not only seemed to blank on Wilarski's tragic death, he also did it at the very conference he cited in his statement after she died. He didn't have a damn, I've, know how these work. He didn't have a damn thing to do with this statement. As many of us know from our own lives, with age comes memory lapses, and that's often the least of it. I am already on record as being a fan of Biden's presidency while hoping he won't run for re-election in 2014. Gotta love these people. But let's put this moment in perspective. You need only look back a couple of years to remember that things were, uh, uh, things are more important than age. And a perfect memory, that some things are more important than age and a perfect memory. Yeah, he's better than Donald Trump. Sure, he's senile, he's embarrassing himself, he could start a war, who the hell knows. But at least there are no mean tweets. God, Jill Lawrence, how do you live with yourself? So now we come to the drones over at The View. My God, how do these people... Well, there are people who are smart, who go up there and just BS their way through everything. And you sit there and you look at them and you go, how can you do this? How do you do, how do you in good conscience go up there and say what you say? How do you in good conscience write what you write? How do you do what you, you, you're making yourself look like an idiot and you have to, you're just looking like a prostitute in order to advance your political agenda or whatever. How do you do that and live with yourself? I don't get it. And then there are some people you just go, well, that person's an idiot, and they don't know any better. And that's the view. That, I think, is the premise of the view. I, I imagine the pitch meeting originally for that show, like 30 years ago, and Barbara Walters is sitting around and says, just imagine like four or five morons have no clue about any damn thing, willing to just speak out of their rear ends nonstop for an hour every day about topics of the day. And they go, oh, yeah, tell me more. This sounds lovely. This sounds wonderful. And then they've taken it to the nth degree. I actually think that when The View first started, when Barbara Walters was a part of it, she did try to, I mean, she's as liberal as the day is long, too, but she did try to bring some semblance of, just don't, don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. But now being stupid is all the rage it's do whatever you have to do in order to get attention do whatever you have to do in order to get attention and you go okay well i guess i guess i'll do that but if you you strip naked and go to the middle of an intersection and start yelling at the passing cars you'll get attention but is that the kind of attention you want shouldn't you i don't know maybe fine if you really if you crave attention if attention's what you need wouldn't you want to have some semblance of control over the type of attention that you get? Wouldn't you? I, I would. But no, so much of society now, because as I wrote in my book, I think rather brilliantly, the line between famous and infamous has been obliterated. There is no line anymore. You wanted to be famous because uh, if you were famous because you did something good something worthy of note whatever is not necessarily good in the universal sense that you saved lives or whatever but you did something hey you you won an oscar you you wrote a book you you did this that and the other thing you saved somebody's life you got you got famous for that that was good and then there was infamous julius and ethel rosenberg were infamous they weren't famous. You didn't look at the Rosenbergs and go, wow, they sure got a lot of ink back in their day. I wish I could get that kind of ink. No, they uh, 
they were tra- traitors to the country. You don't you don't want that. And it all blew to hell when Paris Hilton became famous. Just to tell you the absolute truth, Paris Hilton's porn tape got released by her ex-boyfriend or whatever. People knew who Paris Hilton was. She'd occasionally make the gossip rags, but not very often because what had she done? She hadn't done anything. All she was was this uh, hot blonde chick going in and out of clubs when she was too young to be in the clubs, right? You don't really hear about her sister very much. Her sister's just as attractive, just as rich, like a year younger or whatever, not much age difference, but she didn't make a spectacle of herself. But even then, you, you know, the spectacle she made was... There's a picture of Paris Hilton leaving the club, blah, blah, blah. Then the porn tape comes out. She was kind of mortified for a, a minute. And then something in her clicked. And maybe she saw the tea leaves and saw where society was going. Or maybe because she was rich and attractive and young, she took society where she needed it to go to save her reputation. I don't know which it is, but suddenly she embraced it. And she became famous for something that five, ten years earlier would have caused her to become a recluse for at least six months, to be embarrassed by it. She didn't go out and, you know, sign copies of the video or anything, but she embraced it. Oh, I, yeah, oh, well, okay, I don't care. I'll do a TV show. I'll do a this. I'll do a that. She took the springboard, the notoriety from her homemade sex tape and turned it into a, you know, she was already rich, but she turned it into even more money. And then Kim Kardashian said, that's a pretty good business model, and did the same thing. And ever since then, it has been, society seemingly has been about just get attention. It doesn't matter what kind of attention. It doesn't matter how you get the attention. How many followers do you have on Instagram? Uh, I don't know. Well, you need to get more followers. Well, I'm trying. I'm putting interesting and smart things up there and trying. No, no, no. I have you thought about semi-nudes? Have you thought about that? No. Well, well, that'll get you some followers. Okay, I guess. But do you want to be famous for that? Well, it's famous, it doesn't matter. It's infamous, it's famous. It's just get attention, get as many followers as you can. That's what the view is. Just get as many people as you. It doesn't matter if you're misinforming them. It doesn't matter if you make yourself look like a complete jackass in front of the whole world because it'll all go online and uh, circle around. You remember Whoopi Goldberg had no shame, had no embarrassment, had nothing over claiming, I, I hope I hope that uh, Dr. Jill Biden becomes Surgeon General because she's a great doctor. Oh, yeah, she's one of the best doctors. She does nothing but save lives every day. Well, really, she's got a just a, an education doctorate in community college education. She's a community college teacher. has nothing to do with medicine whatsoever. Huh, well, I still think she's a good doctor, except that she's not. It's totally for that. You know, that's it. There was no shame. There was no, oh, wow, I guess I just uh, soiled the sheets on that one. It was just, uh, oh, well, still, she's she's just brilliant. Well, yeah, relative to you, Whoopi, the chair you're sitting on is brilliant. The, what you leave behind in your dressing room bathroom is brilliant. It's not a real high bar to clear, you know. An infant just learning to crawl can clear that bar. So let's not pretend that you're uh, some sort of super genius. Anyway, the ladies over at The View, the, the call went out. Because at the White House the other day, there was an exchange with reporters not just from Fox News, talking about Jackie Wilarski being dead and the president literally looking for her in a room. When the ABC News and the NBC News reporters are like, yeah, but he's, she's dead, you know? Did he really expect her to be there? You, uh, you begin to see a problem, so the order has to go out. Must protect the king. Protect him, protect him, protect him. And so the ladies at The View... Being the mindless drones that they are, they read the teleprompter, which is, I guess, it's better than them extrapolating. The problem is they read the teleprompter and then they try to expound upon it. And that's when they really get into trouble. And that's what happened when dealing with this. Here's the first one. Yesterday, the White House addressed a gaffe from President Biden at a conference on hunger, nutrition and health, where he asked for a representative who died in a car accident last month. Uh, you know, my gosh, come on. You can't go after him for, you know, not giving aid to Florida or not tackling the infrastructure. And he's giving 
aid to Ukraine. So you can't go after him for that. But you can go after him for forgetting that someone has passed. I mean, and she passed last month, not like 100 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Because we dealt with that as well, where people said, you know, that person who died 100 years ago did a great job. Well, remember, Trump thought Frederick Douglass was That's what I'm talking about. Oh, that's true. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 all the idiot chorus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember that. I don't watch Rachel Maddow, so I don't know how it was spun into Trump thought Frederick Douglass was alive, so I went and I dug up the tape. Because they're like, what the hell is... uh, what the hell did Trump say about Frederick Douglass? Did he, did he go, hey, Freddie, where are you at, man? Hey, Freddie, come on out here, buddy. Where, Where is Freddie? He didn't do that. He didn't ask a crippled guy to stand up like Joe Biden has done. This isn't Joe Biden's first stupid rodeo. But uh, I, so I went and found the tape. Like, what in the hell is it that... Uh, Trump said about Frederick Douglass. Here, this is from 2017 Black History Month event. We're proud now that we have a museum in the National Mall where people can learn about Reverend King, so many other things. Frederick Douglass is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more, I notice. Harriet Tubman, Rosa Parks, and millions more black Americans who made America what it is today. Now, do you hear anything in there where he says, uh, yeah, and Freddie Douglas is doing wonderful things to this day? No, he's done some wonderful things and he's being recognized more and more for it. Yeah, well, and? Does that sound like he, ex- where is Fred anyways? Fred in the room? Freddie, where are you at? Is he in the bathroom? Well, we'll get Freddie out here later. We'll take a picture with him. That's not what happened. So I don't know how you speak, other than complete and utter dishonesty. I don't even know how you play that clip and go, listen to him, he thinks Frederick Douglass is alive. I don't know how you get that. But that's what the idiots on The View think, probably because of some blog post on The Daily Cause or something. But I do love Whoopi. Uh, come on, you can't go after him for denying aid to Florida. You can't go after him for denying aid to Ukraine, so you got to come up with something. First of all, he did call out for a dead woman, you know, just pointing that out. And secondly, your examples are not really magnanimity. Oh, Joe Biden, he's such a generous, caring man. He's sending aid to Florida. Not out of his pocket. Not out of his. He's sending aid to Ukraine. Did he cut a check? His family made a ton of money out of Ukraine if they said, oh, for the cause, we're going to give some of it back. No, no, not at all. He's very generous with taxpayer money. I would be wildly generous with your money. No offense. I would be wildly generous. I'd, I'd of course, take care of myself because, you know. But secondly, I would say, oh, look at that, uh, this cause. I'd give a lot to animal shelters. I'd give a lot. If you give me the government check and I get credit and people going, he's so generous and so magnanimous. You can't go after him because of his, he's very compassionate. Look at how compassionate he is. What with the way that he's doing something that in no way will ever in any way, shape or form impact him directly or even really indirectly, except for maybe getting some love. That heroism? Is that sacrifice? No, it's not. It's you. <laughs> it's you. We should demand credit. Hey, hey, taxpayers of the world, how about we get some credit for this? You know, we're the one being generous with Florida. I'm not saying we shouldn't be generous with Florida, but let's not pretend that it's Joe. Joe isn't even, you know writing the actual check he doesn't even have to sign his name he just says all right go ahead throw him a bunch of money it would think of the political and by the way think of the political damage that would be done to joe biden if he'd said you know what screw florida <laughs> it's not i bet you if he'd had his way because he's a nasty person is it well we could help the governor of florida out or we could not help the governor of florida out. Ah, screw florida Screw, but we've got primaries. Democrats have delusions of beating the governor of Florida down there. Democrats want to win the Senate race down there. They want to win House races down there. They have to write that check. Biden has to authorize that money. Or it would be political suicide. Now, I'm all in favor of Democrats committing political suicide, but 
his handlers aren't that dumb. Maybe left to his own devices, Joe would do it, but his handlers aren't that dumb. It's amazing to me how these people live in this world. He's, he's helping out. We can't go attack him because he's helping out Florida. He's not doing a damn thing for Florida. They continued, of course, because it's the view. Well, we all have, yeah. like, when you think about when you grow up, you use the term uh, brain fart, which I hate the word fart. <laughs> you say, oh, I had a brain fart. And then a you have a... what? <laughs> Come on, Whoopi. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but then you also have, like, they say, oh, I have mommy brain. Like, okay, guys, it, he, had a, he had a moment. Who in this room hasn't? And then just move on. The fact that she kept kind of repeating the same words. Well, she couldn't really move on so easily since the right wing has weaponized. But those were not his, right wing. His gaffes. But in, well, in the past, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have weaponized the gaffes. They've said that he's senile. <laughs> the damned right wing. They just won't leave the guy alone. They're talking about the historic Corinne Jean-Pierre. Le historic Jean- Corinne Jean-Pierre. She couldn't move on because the right wing was... No, this is ABC, NBC. These were the network news. These were the New York Times. These were the reporters out there who finally woke up and said, wait a second. He ain't right in the head. Look, I will say this about Joe, because I've said this before, and I think it bears repeating, and it's an important way to look at it. People make gaffes. People screw up in what they say all the time. The difference is people with functioning, fully functioning brains catch it. They catch it. If you're talking to somebody named John and you go, look, Bob, uh, I mean, John, you correct yourself because your brain recognizes that your mouth is getting ahead of itself, but you screwed up. It happens all the time. You go up and you turn right. I mean, you turn left. It happens. Joe Biden doesn't catch himself anymore. He did back in 2008 when he saw that state senator and he said, stand up, Bob. Oh, God love you. You're in a wheelchair. You can't do that. Stand up for Bob. He was able to correct. Now, it took a visual cue of a guy sitting in a wheelchair looking at you like, the hell do you mean stand up, you idiot? But he caught it. Now he's looking around at a room full of people who had to have had looks on their face like, what the hell are you talking about? She's dead. And he still didn't catch it. He saw, they released a statement saying, oh, it's a horrible tragedy that she died. You had a bill signing ceremony in her honor because she's dead already. And you're having another event in her honor. In a day or two. And you go, oh, where is she? Where is she? We, uh, what are you? Do, does the Biden family have a tradition of bringing people's dead bodies around for long periods of time after they pass? I mean, I'm, if they thought they could get away with that as an explanation as for why Joe was looking for her, I'm sure they would have tried it. I'm sure they would have tried it. Now, you're probably sitting there going, why are you... Uh You're spending an awful lot of time on this. It's important because this is how the left works. And you've got to be able to recognize how the left works because a lot of people you know won't recognize how the left works. They won't. They don't get it. They don't see it. They don't watch it. They don't follow the news. They don't pay attention, all of that. So it is important to... There are people out there who will never hear of this, who will never hear of this, never think... And will never hear of any Biden gas. They're just going, He's old, but you're just picking on Joe because he's old. He's not bad. I haven't seen him say anything stupid or crazy. Yeah, uh, because you watch NBC Nightly News, right? Lester Holt ain't going to do a deep dive on Joe Biden's senility. David Muir, the hairdo over at ABC, he's not going to spend a lot of time. The Sunday shows aren't going to spend a lot of time on this. So we pointed out, and then you are now weaponized yourself. You're a weapon of mass destruction. The ladies on The View weren't done, of course. It's funny because Sunny Houston, 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 whatever the hell her last name is, she she was last seen attacking Nikki Haley because Nikki Haley doesn't... Her real name isn't Nikki, even though that is her middle name, and plenty of people go by their middle name. Nikki is... It's not even Nicole. It's Nikki is on her birth certificate, but... Uh, Sonny is uh, a woman of color, and she's allowed to be 
hypercritical and scream racism at the top of her lungs. And when it was pointed out that Nikki Haley's real name was, in fact, Nikki. But Sonny's name isn't really Sonny. It's something else. She goes, well, that's because people can't pronounce their name. I could pronounce her name. I can't remember her name. I don't care enough to remember what her real name is. But do you realize that's how these people view you? That's how these people view anybody who isn't them, who isn't on their team. Well, she, uh, when not playing the race card, this, I think, is a first for her. So, you know, congratulations on branching out. Instead of the race card, because you can't really say that Joe Biden is being criticized for being a a senile, dementia-suffering dummy because he's white, you can't really say that, they got to go with it's ageism. Why? Because the alternative would be to deal with the reality of the situation, and that's just not something that is in the comfort zone of the left. What it really shows is that this country is so ageist. This country has a problem with age. You know, you go to other countries and our elders are revered. Hmm. They're revered because of the knowledge that they have uh, acquired. And this is a man who has worked in government his entire life. This is a man who probably had a relationship with this woman. And yes, she probably was top of mind. I was thinking about my grandmother the other day and like almost reached out to call her on the phone. She's been she passed away five years ago. It could happen to anyone. And I think they need to stop weaponizing his age. I hate that about this country. Well, I just hate that about this country. It's just so terrible. They're such meanie (laughs) bumbalinis. He probably had a relationship with her. What, like he sniffed her hair? What? Well, yeah, she's been in the uh, U.S. House of Representatives since January of 2013. So the odds of Joe Biden having a relationship with her are about none, right? Joe Biden was vice president of the United States. The vice president has almost no power in the Senate. All they can do is break ties. And the vice president has zero role whatsoever in the House of Representatives. And I can promise you this, there is nobody. I can't even think of one person who's gone from the Senate to the House. From the House to the Senate, lots of everybody wants to go to the Senate from the House. I don't know anybody who's ever said, you know what, I'm going to run for the House. I'm sick of being in the Senate. I want to be less relevant. So it's simply uh, the vice president whose entire life to that point had been in the United States Senate would have zero interest in the House, would not have worked with a member of the House. But they're just throwing stuff out. Maybe maybe they had a relationship. Well, maybe they had a relationship. How? Under what circumstances? Some backbench Republican you never heard of? And a senile vice president of the United States isn't going to have time for her. He's not going to care. But the idiots on The View, it doesn't matter. There's, you just see, you just say it. You just say it. In the time you heard that clip, I was able to look up Jackie Walensky when she went to Congress. The View has a team of each one of those idiots on The View has a team of people whose job it is to feed them with information so they have something to say, so they know what they're talking about. Nobody bothered to look this up? None of them? What are they paid for? Pay me. I'll, I'll take all their collective salaries, and once a day I'll do quick Google searches to try and limit, you can't stop it completely, but try and limit the stupidity of the panelists. And speaking of stupidity... We bring us to the queen of stupidity, Karine Jean-Pierre. She is, uh, she is historic. KJP. This is kind of what started it, and this is what caused the wagons to be circled. And there's just one, because you heard uh, Sonny there say top of mind. Top of mind. Now, I've never heard of top of mind. You're on the top of somebody's mind. You're on somebody's mind. I've heard of that like once, but she uh, says it a bunch of times in this. And it is just, uh, it's like a half sentence. Top of, he was, she was top of mind. No, she was on top of his mind. That would be the kind of way to a normal human being who knows how to string together a coherent sentence would say it. But you do you. You do you, Karine. You're, you're the historic one. I'm just a... A person who knows how to communicate. Your job is communications. You couldn't possibly be expected to to know how to do it. But she keeps on saying that he's top of mind, top of mind, top of mind. Now, these are reporters at the White House briefing asking her about this. And at the end, 
you're going to hear the great James Rosen say, and he's not lying. Says that I think uh, you know John Lennon is top of my mind nearly every day, but I don't look around for him or something. Like that. And I can vouch for the fact that uh, James does think of John Lennon every. The guy is, he's a friend of mine. Probably ten years ago now, I tweeted at him when he was at Fox. I said I'd love to have, I'd love to have lunch with James Rosen and talk Beatles. And he responded. He said, "Well, let's do it." Oh, okay. All right. And we set up. It was a breakfast. We met for breakfast near Fox and we talked about the Beatles. That guy, he's played with Paul McCartney and got to see a private concert with Paul McCartney at Sirius XM Studios and played the piano. Just hit one key on Paul's cue with him. And uh, all that. He, he, he is an amazing fountain of knowledge about the Beatles. Probably the second most knowledgeable person well the fourth most knowledgeable person on the Beatles on the planet I would say the first two being the Beatles the third being uh, Mark Lewishan who wrote who just knows everything about the Beatles and then it's James Rosen so when he says I think of James or I think of John Lennon every day he does he named his kid after John Lennon <laughs> but listen to this exchange and tell me this is how normal people talk this is not how normal people talk that think that she's living and in the room. I don't find that confusing. I mean, I think many people can speak to sometimes when you have someone top of mind, they're a top of mind, exactly that. Uh, and it is also, if you put it into the context, it's not like it happened without outside of context, right? It happened at an event uh, where we were, um, uh, we were calling out the champions, uh, congressional champions in particular, of this uh, issue, this important issue uh, when it comes to food insecurity, something that this administration has led on, led uh, on uh, from the beginning of this administration, not just across the country, but, uh, but also globally. You heard him talk about food insecurity last week at the UN and uh, the investments that we have put forward uh, as, as the U as, as the United States of America and helping and helping deal with that. Look, he was at an event, you all saw, you all watched, which is why you're asking the question, right, where he was calling out, again, uh, congressional leaders, uh, a bipartisan uh, leadership that we have seen on this particular issue. And uh, again, he's going to see her family in just two days. And uh, she was on top of mind. I mean, I don't. That is, <laughs> I mean, that is uh, that is not an unusual uh, unusual scenario there. Karine, I have John Lennon okay. top of mind just about every day, but I'm not looking around for him anywhere. When you sign a bill for John Lennon, Lennon as president, then we can have this conversation. Why okay. God, what a what a spoiled little brat she is. When you do this, you do that. No, there are serious concerns here because back in February, for example, the president, who's totally with it cognitively, told the world that we would destroy the Russian pipe, Nord Stream pipelines if they invaded Ukraine. They invaded Ukraine, and just the other day, they just, the uh, pipelines were destroyed. It takes a sophisticated, it's a sophisticated effort to do that. So senility is a genuine thing. You know what I'd like to see? Joe Biden works off of notes or a teleprompter. Most of the time when he's doing events like this, they, they just go, this is pretty basic. Just go up there and acknowledge these people and put a list up there. I want to see his notes. I bet you his notes said... Uh, acknowledge uh, Congresswoman Jackie Wolarski in particular, you know. And they probably didn't say because she died because they likely thought he'll remember that she died, right? And that's why you have to you know, give a special acknowledgement on her, for her. And he read it and probably that's when he said, uh, where, where, where is she, Jackie? I thought she'd be here. And in fact, let's listen to Joe Biden. Let's listen to the uh, the act in question here, because just to give you the full context, here's what started it all. I want to thank all of you here, for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie. Are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. Is she? Where's Jackie? Where's Jackie? Is she here? Is she here? Yeah, her name was on a list. You can see Cory Booker. He's 
right in front of you, bald, unattractive, stupid look on his face. I don't know who the other member of the House was, but I'm sure it was a Democrat. And you got one Republican. Here's your chance. Here's your moment to shine. Acknowledge a Republican, he thinks. Maybe, if he thinks. Where is she? Where is she? Does anybody have her her month-old dead body here with them in a bag somewhere? No? I thought she'd be here. Why? Why would you think she'd be there, Joe? We need to talk, man. But you can't question it. You're not allowed to question it. It's some sort of hate crime and ageism and... Probably racism, too, to sit there and go, you know what? He's not the uh, sharpest knife on the tree. He's not the brightest bulb in the drawer. Hmm. Certainly isn't a brain scientist or a rocket surgeon, I'll tell you that much. Our president. Oh, by the way, on something completely, now for something completely different. You see that uh, Trevor Noah, this is a big story amongst all the leftists now. Trevor Noah has announced that he's going to leave The Daily Show after seven years. There's barely a story in about, uh, well, uh, every story mentions Jon Stewart. I think he was host longer than Jon Stewart, maybe as long as Jon Stewart. But he's done, he's gone when he's leaving. Now, when Jon Stewart was leaving, there wasn't a whole bunch of stories going, man, Craig Kilborn. This was, he's leaving the job created by Craig Kilborn. <laughs> Nobody remembers Craig Kilborn. But it's true, he was the first host of The Daily Show. But I will say that this story, or this about Trevor Noah, he will be missed by somebody, somewhere. Never before has somebody so completely unfunny held a job where it is expressly to be funny. But the purpose of that job is to be funny. It is not. He is not. He's not capable of it. But uh, I now think it's going to be interesting to watch. Fine, not not watch the show. The show's never been interesting. I never watched any of it. I was invited on The Daily Show twice when Jon Stewart was the uh, host. Not to be the in-studio guest, but uh, to meet with Jon Stewart, but to be part of the... Uh, their fake package reporting things. And I always turned it down. But both times I turned, they were always shocked when I turned it down. They emailed and then they called like, are you sure this is the daily show? It's super hip. And like, first of all, I don't, I don't really watch it. I don't find it to be all that funny. It's not all that clever. It's just propaganda with an attitude, like fine, but I don't need to participate in it. And the, uh, I've known too many people and I've seen too many people and it didn't take that many people for it to happen to where I watched them be heavily edited into being complete morons on that show. And I'm like, I'm not going to give you the opportunity either. You either give them an hour to sit down and talk to them and they will find 20 seconds to take out of context to make you look like a fool as a conservative or they don't find that 20 seconds to make you look like a fool as a conservative and they don't use you at all and you've wasted your time. Either way, I wasn't interested in it. So they were always shocked when I did that. Like, I forget, it was issues, something I'd written in columns and I was like, I'm not, I don't, I'm going to pass on that. I'm going to pass on that. The Daily Show, I think, has changed since Jon Stewart. I don't know if they still do that fake correspondence. I don't know. I, I've, I don't believe I've ever watched an episode of Trevor Noah. I, I wish I could say the same about when Jon Stewart was host, but I think I probably saw two or three episodes when Jon Stewart was host. It just never interested me. So, uh, yeah. Good uh, good luck, Trevor Noah. And, uh, the laughs will continue. No, there's going to be a fight now. Which which group, favored group by Democrats, will get the hosting gig? Will it be? I suspect it will be a trans person of color who is also a gender-neutral pansexual or something, whatever. I don't know. You just throw around all the labels. There will be Each guest will have to announce their pronouns, though. That'll be my prediction going forward. Couldn't happen to nicer people. Okay, I, uh, since we're, the, the theme seems to be really stupid people and really just um, stupidity in general from the left, we have not yet visited, and it's been a while since we visited the queen of stupid over there on the left. And I'm speaking, of course, of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You see, yes, you have to say it like that, or it is a hate crime. She has, uh, she wears glasses now more frequently in a vain attempt to seem smart. 
doesn't seem to understand that it's what comes out of her pie hole uh, that makes her come off as stupid, not how she looks. Most people would be quite content to look at her on mute. It's just that when she opens her mouth and you're just like, oh, God. How did this is the best you had, Bronx and Queens? This was the best you could come up with. There's a lot of people in New York. Nobody else? Anyway, at a recent congressional hearing, she had some thoughts. She had some, let's see, where do we want to go first? Do we go to, let's talk about her thoughts on trans people and Republicans. Well, she's, uh, She's so smart. You know how she's so smart? You know why she's so smart and why she thinks she's so smart? Everybody she talks to agrees with her. Everybody she talks to agrees with her. Honestly, that's it. That's the what she ever she does not deal with anybody who disagrees with her on anything. So well, these people we, uh, we all know climate change is real. Can you prove I don't need to prove it's pr- it's been proven. Okay, if it's been proven, you ought to be able to just go, where's the, where'd you bury the proof, right? If it's been proven so much so that anybody can see it and you'd have to be really a special kind of stupid to not understand that this is happening, where is the proof? Because I have questions and nobody can answer these questions. Not a single human being can answer the question like, say, why is it 1989? They were talking about 10 years before the coastal cities flood. We're going to die. We're going to have to move inland because of global warming, which 20 years earlier was global cooling. What happened to the coming ice age? But that's neither here nor there. Why is it when it went from global cooling to global warming that the so-called solution stayed exactly the same? How is that humanly possible? Those sorts of questions. Why did we have 30 plus years of you've got 10 years to act or it's too late. And now we're being told we have to act now because of the devastation, not in 10 years, because we'll be alive to remember that and go, wait wait a second. I remember the last 40 years where you told us devastating things would happen and they didn't. Why would I believe you now? They instead say uh, the planet is going to be uninhabitable in 100 years. See, they seem to think that we didn't act not because we don't believe them and we we have found a lot of evidence to the contrary that they won't even try to refute because they refuse to have any debates they seem to think that we didn't act because we didn't care we're too stupid to get it we we thought well 10 years we're not going to live 10 years or really we lived those 10 years and we did not see the devastation we were told was coming. We were promised, not like we were waiting for it, but that we were told was coming. And so after a couple of decades of straight, solid 10-year predictions of doom and gloom, all under the guise of, don't you care about your children? Don't you care about your children? Yeah, we do. We don't want to ruin the economy. We don't want to ruin their lives. And Well, you've got to give us your rights. No, no. Well, we don't see what you're seeing. You can't convince us, and you're not even trying, so we're not going to do it. Instead, they started talking to the kids. They started scaring the hell out of the kids. They skipped us, and they went right to the kids in schools. and said, you're going to, you're going to die. The world is going to be destroyed in 100 years. These predictions are no longer 10-year predictions. Most of the time, AOC still made the we're all going to be dead by uh, 10 years or eight years, which were fast approaching. So the sweet, sweet meteor of death can come and take us all. But uh, we are now telling school kids that they're going to, the earth is going to be uninhabitable in 100 years. Now, you sit there and you say, well, what does that matter? Kids think they'll live 100 years. Maybe they will. Maybe medicine will advance and everybody, the life expectancy will go up. We'd have to do something about our southern border and fentanyl, which the current administration doesn't seem to give a damn about, which is certainly a much more immediate threat to more people than climate change is, but that's beside the point. They uh, are trying to scare the hell out of people, ignorant people. Kids are ignorant. It's not set out of malice it's set out of truth and so that's their best bet to get these people voting age keep them ignorant through the public education system and then get their way but they need to keep making their case until then to 
keep the scare tactics going. That brings us to AOC. I'm not sure why anybody would deal with this creature. She is dumb and she is evil. There's nothing more than arrogance coupled with ignorance. And that's what she is. She is fully ignorant. But there is no telling her that she's wrong. She knows she's right. She knows she's right on everything because she lives in a circle where nobody disagrees with her. And anybody who dares question her is ushered out of the room or she's uh, ushered out of the room. You watch her sit down. She doesn't ever sit down. But when she's walking through the halls of Congress and there's somebody there asking, you said this and it was really stupid. Uh, Do you really believe X, Y, or Z? We're all going to be dead by uh, 2027. And she just marches with that blank forward stare and whatever staffer is there to uh, protect her tries to get between her and the camera. That's it. She has no use for it. She is not allowed to, by her handlers, to receive information that is contrary to what she is told. So that's how she can sit at a congressional hearing this week and say something like this about trannies and the GOP and blah, blah, blah. The same folks who tell, who tell us and told us that COVID, COVID's just a flu, that climate change isn't real, that January 6th was nothing but a tourist visit, are the same, are now trying to tell us that transgender people are not real. And um, I would say that their claim uh, is probably just as legitimate as all their others, which is to say, not very much at all. Um, but moving forward... And, um, uh, which is to say, not very much at all. And, um, you can tell she's really smart by the way she sounds like a stoned valley girl trying to order a pizza. And, um, can you have pepperoni and, um, maybe some onions and, um, yeah, trans people are real. They're just delusional. You know, the entire medical profession surrounding the mind used to call it gender dysphoria. It was a mental condition. Now, thanks to you and your friends and a political agenda, it is real and it's the most important thing on the face of the earth. Prove climate change, okay? Show me where you give a damn about the year of riots by the BLM Antifa mob that is your brown shirts over there on the left, and then maybe I'll care that uh, some walls were damaged on January the 6th the way that you do, although probably not. You look at all of the things that she insists upon and you sit there and you say, she's really never spoken to anybody who disagrees with her. Not in any way. She, well, maybe she has. But she has the intelligence of a gnat, so there's no reason to think she wouldn't have the ability to retain things about as long as a gnat does, which is about, you know, three nanoseconds. Sorry, gnats. In the remaining time we have left, we have one more AOC clip here. And this one is a doozy because she's not just showing her ignorance and how insulated her life is. She is showing how uh, what's the word? Evil. Maybe evil is the word. Her belief systems are and how ignorant she is of the roots of her belief system. There's a little thing called eugenics ladies and gentlemen eugenics eugenics is a uh, horrible horrible idea that progressives came up with at the turn of the last century when the progressive movement was sleep- sweeping the country it really did you'd think what in the hell is going on why is this uh, how did this evil philosophy ever sweep the country well it did because they controlled the media these leftists these progressives And progressives, there are Republican progressives and there are liberal Democrat progressives. Progressive is a state of mind. It's a belief that government can order society in a better way and should, in fact. That government, that certain elites know better what is best for everyone than, uh, than the individual does. They know better what's better for you than you do. Don't be an idiot. Stop trying to think for yourselves and just obey. It sounds crazy, but it's true. And there was a whole group of people in this country, mostly academics and Northeastern elites, who subscribed to this belief. And in subscribing to this belief, they 
put forth ideas that were horrible. And they executed on some of those ideas. The Nazis were progressives. They were of the left. They believed that government could order society. Now, they took it a step further, obviously, but the ideas behind the Holocaust were not just simple hatred. We don't like these people. It was, we can eliminate them. It wasn't just Jews. It was gypsies. It was gays. It was everybody that the progressives hated back then. They thought these people were inferior and they should be bred out of existence or eliminated altogether. They had a sterilization program in Germany too. Well, we had a sterilization experiment in this country too. You can look it up for yourself. Look at the horrible things that progressives did in the name of eugenics, in the name of making society better. They're better than everybody else. They can, you might reproduce, you're stupid in their estimation, and you might reproduce. So you, society needs to be protected from your offspring. It's insane, it's evil, it's progressive. Well, what, and that's part of why, how Planned Parenthood came about, because they don't really come out and say, and the people they sterilized, they didn't go, hey, you want to be sterilized. They sterilized them without their knowledge, largely black uh, populations down in the South. They did so without their knowledge or consent. See, you, if you know better than what somebody else does, you don't need their consent. They're too stupid to really know what's in their own best interest. Well, we now, that idea, once the Nazi horrors, once the Nazi atrocities became known, eugenics and the progressive left sort of receded. They said, don't say anything. They were too vocal in their support for Mussolini. They were too vocal in their support for Hitler early on for the uh, political ideals that they were putting, because they were all in the, the socialism team, that they just kind of shut up and pretended that they never really believed in eugenics, which was spawned the Holocaust, or helped spawn the Holocaust. The population had no appetite for it. Well, uh, apparently that appetite is back when it comes to black babies in particular, minority babies. See, that was the thing. These mostly northeastern elitists, they were almost, they were largely white, not exclusively white, but even the non-white ones agreed that oh, there's uh, largely minorities are undesirable. They're too stupid. They can't figure things out. It's impossible. So even the uh, black Americans who were part of the progressive movement and the intelligentsia were down with putting Planned Parenthoods in black neighborhoods, for example. And, and uh, Margaret Sanger wanted to exterminate as many black people as possible from being born. She wasn't calling for going around and killing the people who existed, although she did. Uh, she was friendly with the Klan. She wanted to prevent as many of them as possible from being born in the name of progress. Well, AOC seems to want to do the same thing to anybody who's poor. Poor is equals to undesirable to these elitists. doesn't matter how much money they have. Poor equals undesirable to these people. Listen to her. Talk about the need for, uh, or the, the need to make sure that nobody is forced to give birth, that more babies are aborted. You know, I think it's important to state that um, that abortion is an economic issue. Forcing poor and working class people uh, to give birth um, against their will, against their consent, um, against their ability to provide for themselves or a child is a profound economic issue, and it's certainly a way to keep um, a workforce uh, basically conscripted uh, to large-scale employers and to employers to, be, to work more uh, against their will, to take second and third jobs against their desire and their own autonomy. And so the idea that, um, that abortion and access to abortion is somehow not a profound and central economic and class issue and class struggle um, is certainly something that I think a person who's never had to contend uh, with the ability to carry a child, um, you know, it, it belies that perspective. You're forced to give birth against your will. They're forced to do this. She's calling for 
more and more and more abortions the ease of god forbid somebody have a now isn't it not look whatever you fall on this thing there is a choice to be made beforehand right there is a choice to be made beforehand to avoid getting hit by the train on the tracks it's a pretty pretty easy choice and it doesn't if you you really just have to have relations there's a way to do that without uh w- with protection to limit the possibility the prospect of getting pregnant is there not but no it's all about abortion poor for people being forced to have kids so you want only you tell us poor people are overwhelmingly black and brown you tell us poor people are being forced to have kids, which means you don't want them to be forced to have kids. You want them to have abortions because it'll save them money. What's the difference between that and uh, the old eugenics argument? I don't really know. Oh, we need to get rid of this. And oh, realistically, what she's saying there is only wealthy white people, because that's the world she lives in, where the wealthy are only white. Wealthy white people have kids. Wow. Ideological brother. Adolf would be very proud of you, AOC. Very proud indeed. All right, that is all for today, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is good enough time to stop right there and announce who won what. And we've got our official judges here. Bailey, say hello. Hello. And Quinn, say hello. Hello. You've both been sick. Are you feeling better? I feel better. I'm feeling a lot more better than yesterday. Yeah, you're still not all the way there. You still have, you both still have to take antibiotics and cotton candy medicine. But Bailey is doing better. Quinny's still got a cough, and so does Mommy, doesn't she? Yeah. But I'm still a little sick when I'm better. Yeah. So I still need the cotton candy medicine. Yeah, and you still need to not go crazy, right? And not run. Not run around yet. You're almost there, but you're not there yet. It's like crazy. Yeah, flailing around like that is crazy. All right. Uh, Say congratulations to Scott Stowers. Can you say that? Making faces doesn't do anybody any good, (laughs) Bailey. See, no coughing. Congratulations to Scott Stowers. You won Dancing With Myself, signed by the man himself, the hairdo. One of the best hairdos in rock and roll. Billy Idol. Which, uh, check your messages on Patreon, send me your address, and you shall get this. That means that this week, Megan Kelly returns. Where's the other one? Here it is. It's going to be a chick fight this week. Oh, yeah. It's Megan Kelly, uh, Settle for More, autographed, versus Sarah Palin, America by Heart, Reflections on Family, Faith, and Flag, autographed by the former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin. Your choice, winner's choice. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast and DerekHunter.locals.com. Figure it out. Say congratulations and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You didn't say congratulations. Congratulations. Quinn, say congratulations, Scott. Congratulations, Scott. And thanks for the support to everybody. I was saying, I'm saying, we're both <laughs> that wasn't way close to it. All right, that's a good enough reason note to stop on. Thanks for listening. Yeah, see, there's that cough. We'll see you again tomorrow.